All right, welcome back to Color We. Hey, I'm so glad you're back. Uh, my name is Brian Thomas. I am the RUF campus minister, and uh, I have the greatest job on earth. No, seriously. I love being here. I love being with y'all. Uh, RUF, if you're new, welcome. RUF is a Christian ministry for Western Carolina students, uh, and you are all welcome, no matter where you're from, what your background is. If you've got it all figured out spiritually, if you've got nothing figured out spiritually, this is a great place for you. And so, hey, I'm glad you're here. Um, all right, so here's what we do. This is large group. We meet every Wednesday, and we go open the Bible, uh, typically in the New Testament, and then a semester in the Old Testament. And so this semester, we've got a new series we're starting, the Book of Ecclesiastes. That's a mouthful. It's in the Old Testament. If you've got a Bible, it's kind of after Psalms. Go to the middle of your Bible and then go backwards or something like that. Um, I've got the passage in front of you. You're going to see it. It's in every seat. If you don't have one, look around. Somebody may let you borrow it. Um, and so anyway, it's, it's an amazing book. I'm going to give you just a kind of a quick sell on the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, it, it's an amazing book. It's actually a really, really famous book. You'd be surprised how many musicians name their album after some verse in the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, if, if you guys are into like reading, I'm sure some of you are, um, Herman, no, I think it's Herman, what's his name? Wrote Moby Dick? Melville. There we go. Uh, this is what he said about the book of Ecclesiastes. I thought it was really interesting. He said, it's the truest of all books. Why, why would he say that about the book of Ecclesiastes? I don't even know if he was a Christian or liked the Bible. Uh, why would he say that about the book of Ecclesiastes? Well, he would say it because it's honest. Like, it's really famous, but it's not a warm and fuzzy book. Like, um, you know, it looks at life the way it really is, and it's really honest, because life's hard. Uh, and this guy's going to talk about um, how hard it is living in a fallen world. Uh, and he's going to be brutally honest at times. And there's going to be times this semester where we're like, really, did he just say that in the Bible? Like, who is this dude? Um, and so anyway, the great thing that I think it's going to do for us for a whole semester is it's going to get us to rethink. Uh, at least that's what I hope it does. Uh, it's going to get us to rethink all the answers we come up with um, for finding the key to life. Because this guy, he really did go look for it all and experience it all and know it all in a lot of ways. Uh, and he's going to have some interesting things to say to us. And so it's very relevant for you. And so I hope you're excited. Buckle up. Uh, it's going to be good. So let me pray, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Uh, God, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you that you are a God who speaks, that you want to be known, that you are not hiding, uh, that you've given us your word because you love us. And so I pray now that you help us. Help us hear. Help us listen. Think. Uh, Lord, would would you be with us? Uh, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if, I think it was last week sometime. I'm married, by the way, and I have two kids, FYI. My wife Jessica is usually here, but she couldn't be here tonight. Uh, we're going to be married eight years this month. Eight years, what up? That's cool, I'm excited. So anyway, well, a week ago, I was at home with my little kids. And uh, when it's five, y'all remember it was five degrees one day? 
Uh, it was five degrees outside. I'm stuck inside with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. They're running up the walls, literally eating boogers. I'm not making it up. Like, literally eating boogers. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of like, it's insane, and there's chaos, and I'm just like, man, this is crazy. And I hear this phrase, cruise like a Norwegian. So cruise like a Norwegian comes from the TV. And so obviously I'm five degrees outside. I, I would love to be outside. I would love to be on a cruise. That'd be great. And so I turn around because I got to watch this commercial. They hooked me. Uh, and it was a commercial for New- Norwegian cruise lines. And it, and it starts by saying Norwegians, which are people on their cruise line, uh, are free to do everything under the sun. It's an interesting phrase. Um, it's a phrase I want you to remember because it's going to come up again and again throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And so it says, Norwegians are free to do everything under the sun. And the commercial goes on, uh, talking about all the things we are free to enjoy uh, and free to do on their cruise line, obviously. Uh, and then it says this, and I thought this was amazing. It goes, free to live fuller, deeper, and closer. I was like, whoa. I mean, the commercial in that, and it was only a minute long, and uh, the commercial was basically saying this to me and anybody else seeing it. Uh, if you want to live fuller, deeper, and closer, if you want your life to have meaning, right, um, then you need to look to everything under the sun, right, the things of this world, the things on the earth, all the things around us, uh, wealth, achievement, pleasure, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you need to look to those things if you want to have meaning in life. Uh, and, and I remember thinking, well, I, I want a fuller, deeper, closer life, whatever that is. I want it, especially right now, uh, with it's five degrees outside. And uh, it's amazing because we all want a meaningful life. I've never met anybody that says, yeah, I don't want my life to count. <laughs> I'm actually cool if my life doesn't matter, really. No, it's really no big deal. I'm cool. Uh, I've never met, I mean, we all want, uh, our lives to count. We're all searching for purpose, right? Um, and our searching for a meaningful life often goes in the wrong direction. We don't really even know it's happening a lot of times, but it does. It goes in the wrong direction. Uh, we look to, just like this commercial encouraged us to, uh, we look to everything under the sun. Like we will look to everything that this world has to offer us to find some sort of meaning in life. Um, and throughout history, what's amazing is no matter what area, what time period of history you look at, people have looked at essentially the same things for meaning in life. It's amazing. Like you go back 2,000 years, they're kind of looking at the same things for meaning in life. And so I'll give you a few of them. You could kind of break these categories up, but just see if any of them hit home, like any of them you can identify with. Uh, these are like humans' favorite things to find meaning. Uh, wealth, Right? Um, power, knowledge, you can kind of connect those, uh, religion, um, friends, relationships, right, kind of connected, work, and then pleasure, sex, romance, you can kind of put all that together. Um, and the thinking goes like this, and I have literally thought these things, like, I mean, I I know what he's talking about, what we're about to talk about in chapter one. Uh, my life will count if I have, fill in the blank, if I have wealth. If I can just make a ton of money. Dude, when I was a freshman in college, I wanted to make a ton of money. I did. 
I'm not going to lie. My life will count if I have a husband, right? Um, So just go on and fill in the blank. And here's the reality, though. Those things, wealth and knowledge, they're good things. Like, they matter, right? Um, But where we go wrong is they cannot provide the deep meaning in life we long for. And they were never intended to. And that's why they fall short and we feel empty when we actually get wealth and then we're still miserable people. I know those people and so do you. Um, And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this. We're going to just kind of read our way through it. And as we go, I'll stop and kind of talk about it. Um, And what the, this guy's going to do is he's going to kind of speak very, like, he's going to speak generally. Just kind of these big 30,000-foot view observations. And then he's going to get really personal. Um, and so that's kind of where we're going. And so let's just start with the kind of the general stuff, uh, which is in verses 1 through 11. And so, okay, look at verse 1. It, he says, The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem... Okay, so he starts out telling you he is teacher. A lot of translations will translate that preacher. The big idea is um, he's letting us know right away that he's got, like, he's got something to say. Like There's something we need to listen to, something that he wants us to learn. Um, and then going down to verse, verses 2 and 3, I uh, hope you're, you know, if you're having a great day, this, this may not help you out. Uh, He goes, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? And so what what he just did is he introduced kind of the major theme of the whole book of Ecclesiastes. Something he's going to keep coming back to again and again and again. And in verse 3, what he's doing, he's like, no, seriously, everything's meaningless. Think about it. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? He's like, all the things you work hard after, all the things you strive for, what do you gain? Is what he says. You can do it. It's it's all good. You're awesome. See ya. Um, And and it's kind of a rhetorical question, verse 3. Like, the answer is nothing. You know, that's, that's essentially what he's saying. Uh, And then he sets out to make his point in verses 4 through 11. And he does so by highlighting two things, okay? He highlights creation's experience, just things he's observed. And then he kind of goes below that and highlights humanity's experience. And so let's just look at verses 4 to 7. He goes, Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, they, there they return again. And so kind of what he just did is he's like, uh, creation, the world around us, is a pretty repetitive place. Like, things just go around in circles. Uh, there, there is no progress. He's like, if you just look at the world around you, it all seems pretty meaningless. Um, and I think you guys can get what he's saying. It's kind of poetic. 
he's going to go from poetry to narrative to proverb. I mean, he's all over the place. Uh, but you all can relate to what he's saying. Just think of your routines. Okay? You have a routine. We all do. We, do. we do essentially the same thing every day. And about the same time you go to Starbucks and order the, one of maybe three different drinks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Most of us, let's just keep it real, we get the same drink every day at about 10.10, 9.55, whenever that class is changing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We got these routines. What about this? The dishes never end. Like dishes, guys, I hate dishes. Like they never end. And look, you know what's worse than dishes, personally? Laundry. <laughs> the laundry never ends. And you know, and like, it's like I'm going to do laundry my whole life. Like, I will always, when that basket is empty, the next day there's something in it. You know, it's like, y'all get what he's saying. It's just kind of this, it seems pointless. It kind of is this endless cycle. Um, generations. Think about just, if you look throughout history, generations come and go, and, and some generations give us hope. Like you, like, you think, man, something is happening here. But if you, if you look throughout human history... It's not changing a ton. Sometimes we, we are promised a lot and nothing really changes, is what he's saying. It's just kind of this cycle, never-ending cycle. And then he kind of zeroes in on humanity's experience in verses 8 through 11, so follow along. He goes, all things are wearisome. More than one can say, the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its feel of hearing. What has been... Yeah, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. There is no remembrance of men of old. And even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. He's really encourager. I'm like, man, thank you. Um, and so first in verse 8, what he's saying is, no matter what, humanity is not satisfied. It's kind of the big idea. Like, no matter what generation you go into, what period of history, mankind, human beings, are never really satisfied. Um, you see it. He says what? The eye never has enough seeing. And I think we can relate to this too. Uh, I don't know about you, but over the winter break, I started a couple new shows on Netflix. And um, on top of my already like three or four shows that I'm juggling, it's really not something I'd recommend. And so anyway, I started Blacklist, awesome show, and The Killing, great show. Um, on Netflix, and so anyway, here's the deal. When I'm done with those shows, I will be done with those shows one day. Uh, and my wife's done with those shows. I'll be looking for more shows. In fact, I'm watching those two shows, and you know what I started doing? I started watching New Girl. It's hilarious. When I don't want to watch a 45-minute show, I go watch 20 minutes of New Girl. That's what I do. And I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to watch those shows, and then I'll find a new one. You know, think about it. Uh, there's always one more. That's the reality that we all can identify with. There's always one more thing on Instagram to look at. There's always one more thing on Facebook to look at. There's always one more post to make. There's always one more thing to shop for on the Internet. You know what I'm talking about? There's always one more girl to check out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You, we never are satisfied. And then, 
Secondly, in verses 9 to 10, he goes, just look, look at human history because it's a, it's a bunch of reruns if you just stop and think about it. Like there is nothing new under the sun. Now, obviously, they didn't have an iPhone. Okay, so that's new, but that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is like a, on, a, on a human level, like things internally, not necessarily things externally, right? And so it's a, there's nothing new under the sun. Like, we keep running, no matter what period of history you look at, like, we keep running to wealth, to romance, to work, achievement, fame, all those kind of things. Like, we keep running to them to find meaning. And no matter what the generation before us showed us, we still don't believe it, and we run to the same things. Uh, and you know what? The generation following us will do the exact same thing. They'll run to the same things. It never changes. Um, And then thirdly, in verse 11, he reminds us, which is really kind of where he gets really like, this dude's depressing, is verse 11. He goes, basically what he says is, you know what? On top of all this, what you accumulate and what we accomplish will be forgotten. Like he's like, he's saying this, most human beings will die in obscurity. Right? No lasting impact on history. Um, and and you, I think you can get that too. I, can't, I cannot tell you anything about my dad's grandfather. I don't know his name. I don't know if my dad could tell you a lot about his grandfather. And that's just a couple generations ago. Um, I mean, we're just forgotten. Um, and so the preacher's kind of like this guy, he's speaking generally. Just kind of about just general observations about the world around. And now he's going to get like, he's being really honest, and now he's about to get really personal in verse 12. And we're just going to read the rest of the chapter all together. He goes, I, getting personal, I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I devoted myself to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. What a heavy burden God has laid on Men, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. What is twisted cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. Pause, just to help you understand what he's saying there. When you read that, you can think morally, like, and you can start to think, oh, well, I know I'm pretty broken. I'm pretty messed up. It, he just said that can't be straightened. And that's not what he's talking about. Kind of what he's getting at here is there are things about this fallen world that we will never understand completely. We just won't. It's mysterious. It's going to be hard, and we won't understand it. That's kind of what he's getting at. Anyway, uh, so verse 16. I thought to myself, look, I have grown and increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. And then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this, too, is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. And so, in verses 12 to 18, the preacher is saying, "Here's what, he just kind of told us what his basic quest is. His basic quest in life... <laughs> It's a modest task. He wants to understand all of reality, is basically what he wants. 
Um, and he sets out to do it. And you see it in verse 13. He says what? I devoted myself to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. Everything that is done on the earth, right? And his first thought about it was what a burden living in a fallen world is. And then he goes on to say, and I've seen it all, and it's like chasing after the wind. You see it in verse 14. And then there's another thing he's doing here, which I think is really good for us to remember. Um, This guy, if anyone can make this kind of assessment, you know, like, why should we listen to this dude? Like, what's he really know? You know? Um, if anyone can make this kind of assessment, if anyone possessed the wisdom um, to comprehend the meaning of life, it's this guy. It, it really is. Um, he was the king at a very particular time in history, and this kingdom was a big deal. Uh, it was at the height of its power. Uh, you see that in verse 12. Uh, nothing, what you've got to understand is, like, nothing was beyond his reach. Like, no pleasure he couldn't enjoy, uh, no place he couldn't go. He had the world's finest education from birth his whole life. Um, He went to the symphony. Like, he played polo, all right? Like, that's this dude. He ate some caviar, you know? I mean, like, this dude had a yacht, all right? Hung out with some hip-hop stars, whatever. Like, he he had the money. Like, he had the wealth, the women. It was crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this restaurant. There's a restaurant in New York City called Serendipity 3. Serendipity 3 has a $295 hamburger. All right? Now, hang in there. The bun is, is I don't even know if this is healthy. Like, I don't even know. But it's lightly dusted in 24-karat gold. I don't know if you can eat gold. I didn't know that. Anyway, this restaurant once held... Once, meaning it's not holding this anymore, once held the title of most expensive burger in the world. So there means there's a more expensive burger out there now. Crazy. This would have been the place he hung out. If he wanted a burger, he would have went to Serendipity 3, and he would have bought y'all one. Right? That's the kind of dude we're talking about. He, there was nothing beyond his reach. Nothing. But he didn't just go highbrow. Okay, and that's what's important, because you can think, well, you know, he's a rich dude. There's so much other things out there, a simpler life. He doesn't know everything. Uh, well, he, he didn't just go do what the rich do. Uh, and you see it in verse 17. He says something really interesting. Um, like, he didn't just go do what the rich do. He, he went and lived the country life. Like, this dude fished with dynamite, all right? Like, he raised lawnmowers, all right? He was the, He did. You know, he went out and hung out with the simple folks, the poor folks. He went and hung out with some rednecks. All right? He's like, I'm going to explore everything. Look at verse 17. He said, I applied myself to understand, to the understanding of wisdom, but also of madness and folly. Like, what he's saying is, I searched out everything. I searched out both wisdom and foolishness. Like, I lived with wealth and simplicity. And you know what he says after all of this? What's he say? It is all a chasing after the wind. Meaning, like, you see him say that twice in this section. Like, he's saying everything is meaningless. Um, and so, okay, let's just pause. We're done. We're, we're at the end of verse one. I mean, chapter one. Um, 
And we're all like, whoa. The same God who inspired the, the books of the Bible that are really encouraging, like the Gospels, Psalms, like he inspired Ecclesiastes. Like he's speaking to us right now through this book, through chapter 1. And so, so the question for us is, to, well, what's he up to? Like, what's he wanting us to understand? What is he wanting us to hear? Because I'm sure some of you uh, are like, dude, what's going on? Like, I, you know, like, the Bible is supposed to be encouraging. You know, like, you came to RUF, like, thinking, I'm going to find hope and be encouraged. And, you know, RUF is supposed to be full of, like, happy people and happy messages and stuff. And then, and then you get here, and I'm up here like, hey, we're going to do Ecclesiastes 1 tonight. Welcome. Uh, life is pointless. Every, everything is meaningless. It all stinks. Have a nice night. You know, that's really like, what? It's, it's weird. Uh, and some of you were probably having a really good day until you came here tonight. And now you're like just super depressed. You're like thinking, should I change my major? Like, oh my gosh, is that major meaningless? Wait, everything's meaningless. You know, should I? Oh my gosh. I'm done. I'm going to play video games. You know, that's, like some of y'all are probably like depressed. And so here's the thing. That's, that's not what, that's not the point. And so what is, like what is the writer wanting us to see? And I think this is where it gets really, really amazing. Uh, the preacher uses this chapter to help us see what is meaningless, right? And he's going to do this throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. He's going to, he's going to deconstruct everything. He's going to expose everything. Um, he's, he wants us to see what is meaningless so that we might see what is not meaningless, right? He wants us to see what is meaningless so that we might really see what matters. Um, and he's going to get us to wrestle with this question, not just tonight, but again and again. Where do I, like where do you look for meaning? What provides meaning? And when we wrestle with that question, it doesn't take long, I don't know about you, but it doesn't take me long to realize that, man, I'm looking to everything under the sun for meaning in life. Like my academic achievement, you know, my parenting skills, my money, whatever. I mean, just going on and on. Like I looked at things under the sun for meaning. Knowledge, money, romance, fame. And so if none of the things under the sun can provide the meaning we long for, guys. This is important. Um, what do we do? Like, what do we do? All, the reasons you are here, you come to college, you know, like, what, what do we do? We have to look beyond the sun to find meaning. Like, before we can have meaning that is truly, truly satisfying, we have to look beyond the sun to heaven. Right? And, but we can't stop there. In fact, that's not where the story stops because we need more than that, actually. People have been looking to heaven for a long time and still not satisfied, still not fixed, still not rescued. Right? And so what do we need? I mean, we're so broken and separated from God that, that he had to come to us. And that is exactly what Jesus did. Like, Jesus came from beyond the sun to rescue us from our sin and provide 
that soul-satisfying meaning that we look for and the things under the sun. I mean, Jesus came from beyond the sun because he loved you, just as you are, really, right now. And so, look to, as you think about, man, where do I find meaning in life? Look to the only one who can provide the meaning you need. And then, you know what? Look again and again to Jesus. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you that you came from beyond the sun. Despite our sin, despite our weakness, despite our struggles, you came to earth for us because you love us. And so I pray that that love would be real, that we would continue to think about it, wrestle with it. Would it even be new to some of us tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.